Hello, I'm Julianne Steinbacher, the founding partner of Steinbacher Goodall & Yurchak, an elder and special needs law firm with offices in Williamsport and State College, Pennsylvania. Prior to being an attorney, I was a social worker in a nursing home, and I saw firsthand the devastating effects that can happen to families who don't plan ahead. As an attorney, I help my clients answer three questions. The first question is, what happens if you die? What do we need to do today to make sure that your assets get to who you want to in the simplest, most cost-effective manner possible? The second question is, what happens if you don't die but get sick? How do we make sure that we protect your assets, protect that family business? And the third question, which is a question that I don't think many professionals, including other elder law attorneys and myself, have done a good enough job addressing. And that question is, what happens if you get Alzheimer's or a related dementia? What do we need to do today to get ready for that? Through this series of videos, we're going to look into that question in association with the Alzheimer's Association. So let's begin. Here with me today is Jeff Dauber, the Education and Outreach Coordinator for the Greater Pennsylvania Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Jeff, it's great to see you. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for having us. We appreciate the chance to partner um, with you on this video series. In this session, we're going to take a deeper dive into care planning. Jeff, why is care planning so important with the, for those who have Alzheimer's and their caregivers? Well, we know that care planning is important as we progress through this disease. It could bring up the aspects of legal, financial, what's the future care, caregiver stress, safety, all these different items you know, come into play as we kind of care plan through the disease. One of the most important things that we look at though early on is acceptance, acceptance of the disease um, for the person with the disease and for the care planning team. You know, one thing that we need to, you know, learn, it's a challenge. You know, those with Alzheimer's, the, the folks with this disease, they can't change. We as caregivers, we have to change. We have to adapt to them. It's not about us, you know, dragging them into our reality. We have to join them in their reality. You know, one of the things we have, a quote here from a caregiver that I'd like to read because I think it's, it's really important. Mm -hmm. It says, success means that you have found a way to be happy within the confines of this disease. And I think that kind of says it all. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've worked with um, clients before where, it's really important that, that the family and the caregivers understand that we have to meet the person where they're at. And if we're able to do that, there can be some amazing things. Um, and you know, some of the caregiving can be quite wonderful. Um, I know a lot of times when I'm dealing with families, one of the things that we're telling them is not to, like, not to push reality in front of, of, of those with Alzheimer's, but rather to redirect. So, you know, I know when I was a social worker in a nursing home, um, I learned pretty quickly, you know, when somebody said, I want to go home, not to sit and say to them, you can't go home, even though that was true. And what they were really saying to me is that they missed home. And so I learned if I just sat down and asked them about their home, asked them about their pet, asked them about whatever it was that they were objecting to, I learned that, you know, that was really what they wanted. And, you know, that was where they were at. And if I just met them there and just redirected, um, that both I had a better experience, but I also think that that person that was struggling with Alzheimer's did too. Sure, and those, those were the challenges as we started the caregiving and communications as we move through the, through the disease. You know, it's important to remember not to scold, you know, not to correct. You know, we can ask questions. You know, what did you have for breakfast? But just don't 
go on and on about it. So if you know they can give an answer, if they give an answer, fine. We join them and then we redirect. And what's important there is what we call person-centered care, knowing who you know, knowing who you're dealing with, knowing who you're taking care of, what their likes and dislikes are. So when you go to then redirect, we're redirecting them into activities you know that are meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that becomes you know just continues to be important, meaningful activity that involves them. When we think about forming a care team, who are important people within that care team? When we look at the care team, it kind of goes out in circles. You know, um, you have the person with Alzheimer's or dementia, mm-hmm. you know, and then we have the care partner. They have, you know, multiple roles. You know, they are, you know, the encourager, the companion. They're giving most of the care. They're dealing with a lot of the immediate frustration that's coming from the person with the disease, and they're being frustrated themselves because they're a caregiver. Yeah, um, and I think that's so important that people understand that not only you know, am I, if I'm in that care partner role, um, trying to do what I can and, and deal with you know, acceptance of this disease that we just talked about, but also acceptance of my changing role. So if that is my father, if that is you know, my mother, um, you know, I'm, I'm, there's a loss there, you know, and so it's, it's, really, it's really hard as people go through that. And I think that's why it's so important, you know, what we're talking about is forming that care team, that it doesn't just stop with that care partner, that there's other people on that team that give support to the person who has Alzheimer's and also to that, that care partner. Oh, and this just keeps lending back to the things that we've discussed about in prior sessions, you know, why it's important to care plan early so we can have a support team. So, so the main care partner has a chance to, you know, get out and get the groceries mm-hmm. or, you know, go have a cup of tea because they really need me time or alone time because that's important for people. That's important for the caregivers to be able to de-stress there. We also need to make sure that we protect that person because they give so much. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, they'll get to a point where they're completely stressed. Um, and maybe they need respite care. You know, maybe they just need a break. Mm-hmm. And then we have other family members or other individuals who have an opinion about the decisions that were made. And I think the more that we can get together early on and communicate um, what decisions are to be made at what time, the better off for everybody. Um, you know, I know early in my career I was court appointed by um, county courts. And what would happen in those situations is I would be called in when everybody was, was fighting. And what I found was so many times we got to that place because people hadn't communicated. And that's you know, kind of what we're saying here, having a care plan, put, you know, communicating what we want to have happen, who's gonna be involved with that. Because we certainly don't want that care partner to have spent all of this time, energy, stress themselves out, just to be questioned by somebody else down the road who also is well-meaning, also maybe advocating um, for their loved one in the way that they know how. Um, and so I think that's important as we, as we make that care team bigger, get in friends and family, maybe people who go to church, um, the same church who are willing to lend some time, maybe even expanding it to you know, hospice care if we're in one of those, that later stage right. of severe um, Alzheimer's. Yeah, <clears throat> we expand that you know, through the, with the support system for the caregivers and for the, for the person going through it as well. You know, and then we're branching out into the healthcare team. 
you know, the doctors, you know, building the right people around them, you know, that can help them to make decisions. Elder care managers, there are different, you know, services available so someone could, you know, ask questions or have someone help assist them through the medical parts of the disease. So we expand it. We go from the inside, from the person and the care partner, you know, building out those services, finding the rest of the team, moving into healthcare management. What resources are available? From centers like yours, from the Alzheimer's Association, support groups and different things like that. One of the things that we want to think about is um, how can you um, access more information? And one way, uh, we have a website, www.paeldercouncil.com. That is my law firm website, which we have attached a whole bunch of information, particularly about Alzheimer's. Um, there's some podcasts on there. There's a, there's a guide to care. Um, anything that can be downloaded for you to be able to gather information as you want it. The other thing that we have is the planningandprotecting.com site, and that's a site of attorneys across the nation um, providing information about planning and protecting for the second half of life with a special section um, called the Alzheimer's Project um, where information is available to you. But Jeff, I also know the Alzheimer's Association has some great resources. Yeah, well, we're here at the Alzheimer's Association. We're here to listen. One of our main ways to contact us is through our 24-7 helpline. So it's 1-800-272-3900. Or we have a lot of information on our website, which is alz.org. We hope you've enjoyed this video session. Uh, we're here to help you get the information you need when confronting a disease such as Alzheimer's.